This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. I'm going to start out with uh, a scuba story um, because it just happened literally right before the recording that I had a meeting and somehow scuba came up and they're like, where in the world do you scuba dive in the Midwest? There's Midwest diving all over the place. Uh, most of it's quarry or lake diving. Some people are like turned off by the whole idea. It's, it's really not for everybody, but it's a ton of fun. And so, yes, it's a little bit darker. It could be a little bit colder than the Caribbean, but... That brings a lot to the table that uh, doesn't the Caribbean doesn't do. And so, like, for example, shipwrecks last longer in fresh water than they do in salt water. So they preserve longer, they'll last longer. So some of the ones in Lake Michigan, for example, are intact to a point where it's quite incredible sight to actually see these shipwrecks still sitting upright in the sand at the bottom of the lake. But, you know, in order to get there, uh, you, you have to ask more questions. You have to take more classes. You have to take an interest somewhere and start jumping in feet first. Uh, it's not for everybody though, but it, once you get started involved and getting engaged, you might be amazed at how much local Midwest diving you'll actually like. So one of the things that I, I love when just getting more involved in scuba diving, diving locally, taking more classes, and then eventually teaching some of those classes is moving around the, the what we call the playground. So there's a local quarry that has a whole bunch of fun things in there. It's got boats, trucks, motorcycles, lawnmowers. These are all set up for scuba. Uh, they were drained and cleaned up before they were put in the water. Uh, they got sculptures in there. The only thing that's still in there that was there because it was a rock quarry, uh, there's some of the equipment that was there like a rock crusher and there was nothing anybody could do about that that was just there before anybody took over for scuba. These are all spread out all over the quarry. And uh, in the beginning, you start asking up questions. How do you move from one without having to, uh, to the other, without having to actually come up to the surface and figuring out where you're at? And so you start using a compass more, you practice more, you dive into it, take some classes, uh, or at least ask some questions. How does this work? How do we do it? How do we make it better? So it's really cool when you, you, you're you on a, one of their boats down there and you're like, hey, I want to go over to this other boat or the motorcycle. At least one of the quarries, they actually have a slate that's actually on the boat that you could actually, it gives the coordinates of where if you want to go to the other boat, this is the coordinates. If you want to go to the motorcycle, this is the coordinates. And that's nice because you end up having to ask around or, or trial and error. And so again, it's one of those things where you, you, you kind of figure things out as you move along. And you take a compass read, uh, reading, and then you start going and kicking for it. And there's obviously techniques the, so you don't get veered off track, but... You know, swimming between these things, it's like uh, a big empty grassland. It's kind of cool, to, uh, even though there's not really current in a quarry, but uh, water movement's still there, so you can see that some of the grass move like it's wind um, blowing through. And then some of us take a challenge, and instead of using a compass, they actually just use natural navigation, which is a lot of things we do in life and what to walk through trying to figure out how to do things when you don't know what it is but natural navigation is when you're using just the area so it's kind of like using landmarks when you're driving and uh, that's when it really gets cool because you're taking a guess and you leap off the boat and you start swimming across taking a guess at which direction and with a little practice uh, you'll get there and even if you're within 20 feet you'll still see it uh, and that's okay you made it I'm tying this back to we're going to go over health insurance claims and um, 
you don't need to know everything. You just need a few swings at the bat. You need to ask some questions. And even if you're um, close, you're still going to have some element of control. And actually may come out ahead. You might surprise yourself in the efforts, but you just can't be totally intimidated. In the middle of June, when summer's starting to hit, we have a big snowball that's packing. And it's kind of like when you pack a snowball and throw it down the hill, uh, it just gets bigger and bigger and goes faster and faster. So right now there are a lot of mid-year renewal dates for employee benefit programs. Um, Some are June, July, but we're already moving into September and October. Mid-year reviews are already underway, as well as trying to figure out what we're going to do for some of the renewals. Some are starting a little bit earlier. Uh, Some want to wait until later, but... Um, that's why I said the snowball's packing right now. We're about to throw it down the hill and it's just going to get bigger and faster. So what are you doing for the mid-year review? That's the big key right now, especially because it's never too early. So start reviewing now. We're taking a, a small group uh, right now, a small company. It's less than 25 employees. They've been doing the same status quo thing for a little bit of time. We started talking to them even just in the last 30 days. We're completely off renewal. We took uh, an evaluation of what was going on, where they're headed, what their um, goals were, and uh, we're about to present an opportunity to have them switch, and they're going to save 15% where they're currently at over the next 12 months. And so no change in coverage, no change in provider network, nothing's going to change for the employees, and they're going to save money. So uh, yes, we're off renewal, but obviously 15% times that by the number of employees. Uh, we're talking about a couple thousand or more per month, and then of course multiply over the next 12 months. So you're talking about twenty-five dollars to $35,000 in savings. Uh, and that's just a smaller group. Just imagine if the company was a, a little bit larger with more employees and uh, more engagement. So I had a call yesterday, and uh, I'm not making that up. This is literally hot off the press. Client calls. They're worried about the surgery coming up. Coincidentally, the business owner, but they have employee base there. And so they're feeling a little vulnerable. They don't have a whole lot of information. Uh, We spent about 30 minutes on the phone walking through some things about explanation of benefits or EOBs and and how to track the claim and what's going on because there's a lot going on. you got scheduling. You feel vulnerable. There's affordability issues that may potentially be there or not there. You feel the threat of having to pay these claims because of collections, and so it leads to intimidation. I mean, the reality is, is um, a lot of these medical professionals knows that know that you're vulnerable, so they're just making mistakes left and right, and so you just have to be on a lookout for it. Some of them are deliberate, and uh, but many of them are uh, oversights, um, and the system has no checks and balances to make it right because they win. They win most of the time, except for you, because now you're going to go through some of these steps. So you're going to take some control. You're going to ask some questions, do some research. How does the plan work? So there in my conversation with them yesterday, uh, I walked them through the plan summary of what the deductible is and the copay. So we have some element idea how claims are going to be allocated. We're still going to bounce everything off the explanation of benefits. This is All the claims that do occur have to go back to the insurance company. So even if the insurance company denies a claim, processes it towards your deductible, no matter what it is, it's always going to be accounted for on an explanation of benefits. These need to match. They may not match as far as the same statement, but you need to collect them all, put them in front of you, go to the library and close it, you know, when they're open rooms and close the door and put it across the conference table or something and, and try to line item all these things and make sure every invoice that you're receiving from the provider matches an explanation of benefits. If it does not, it needs to go through the insurance company first. You need it accounted for because the insurance company is going to allocate towards your deductible. 
especially if there's any deductible eligible claims versus copays. So you just have to um, track all this. You don't need it to be an accountant. You don't need it to be an expert, but you need to have some idea. You, you have to take an investment. It's not, you can't just let it pass and be passive about it and let the whole thing work out. Those years are gone. Um, there was a period of time you just let all these claims go through. You might get a couple of bills here and here and there. You might have a couple hundred bucks out of pocket. But then you're done, right? But those days are gone, especially with higher out-of-pockets these days. You have to track some of this to control your cost. I had another uh, client that called. Uh, they had uh, an outstanding request from the insurance company, whatever that means. But the provider is basically planting a seed for intimidation, in my opinion, saying, hey, there's $50,000 worth of claims we haven't heard back from your insurance company. Well, the insurance company is just reviewing everything. You have a major claim coming through. And it triggered an audit internally, and not a huge audit. They're just trying to review things and see where it's going. It's only been six weeks. Some people are like, well, that's long. Well, some of these claims take 12 months to process for many different reasons. So when they start coming through, you definitely need to match the invoices to the explanation of benefits. Uh, this is key because you don't want to pay for claims that weren't tracked by the insurance company. Everything must line up with the EOBs. They have to. If there's anything outside of that, you need to be well aware that it was not a covered benefit in some capacity. Um, so the only way you're going to know that for sure is by submitting it to the insurance company. You don't need to be an accountant. You don't need to be an expert. You just need to ask enough questions to have a control. There's many things in life that we end up getting into, especially when they're outside of our control, um, unfortunate circumstances. You kind of just address it piece by piece and just keep moving. It's the same thing. You just have to invest some time, roll up your sleeves, and, and take care of it. Hey, gang. Ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708 535 3006 or shoot him an email butch at elitebenefits.net and be sure to check out the zmar podcast don't wait till the last minute put butch zmar to work for you now if you're looking for a mid-year review you want a second opinion uh you could certainly do that by going to our website go to elitebenefits.net forward slash scorecard there's going to be a series of questions on there related to technology cost containment compliance there's all kinds of stuff on there. It will take you about two minutes to go through. And by going through that little checklist and, and evaluation, you're, you're self-evaluating where you're at. And then you'll get a report at no cost. So you'll be able to take that to your current broker. You can take it back to the CEO or owner or CFO or HR director and find out exactly where you stand. From there, you can build a plan and start taking action so you can have a little bit more control over your benefits going into 2023.